Let these words from the hills reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. This morning we're going to just share quickly on the moment of epiphany. It's not a long message. The moment of epiphany. The moment of epiphany. Epiphany has been described as the Eureka moment. You know, how many of you know the story of Eureka here? Who is any scientist here? Can you remember the name of the person and the year and how he jumped out in the shower? Okay. But you remember the story. Okay, so tell us the story. <laughs> right. Um, it was a famous uh, scientist. He was having a bath. Yeah, and he thought and thought about this measurement, measurement yes. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> and then he, when he hit him, it was so powerful, he ran out naked. And he was shouting, I have it, yes, Eureka, Eureka, Eureka. <laughs> that's, 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 story. that's half the story. <laughs> but it's good. I wanted him to succeed, so I had to just add... <laughs> The whole idea of life is actually about discovery. The entire essence of our lives is actually about uncovering something. We live anticipating something to be different. We wake every day desiring something not... We don't want our lives to continue in drudgery. We don't want our lives to continue with unmet expectations. We don't want any of, none of us here want our life to be ordinary and flat and tasteless. So we live in anticipation of something. We live expecting something to change. This, this gentleman, can somebody Google his name for me? Who knows his name? Is it Thomas Edison? Is it Michael Faraday? Is it who? Who? Is a Greek, is a Greek scientist. Do you remember his name? Archimedes. Was it Archimedes? Uh, can somebody confirm that for us before we run off? And, somebody, <laughs> and you post and say Archimedes and somebody says, uh, dude, well, not Archimedes. <laughs> it's Archimedes. Okay, confirm. Oh, so so, so just, just click your fingers in the air for smart people. Do it now. Jealous people. <laughs> so, Archimedes it was who was a scientist and constantly thought about how to how do you measure irregular objects? So for objects that are square, you can put a tape around them. For objects that are round, you can actually put a tape around them. But then there are objects that are irregular. How do you measure them? As a scientist, it bothered him. And he carried this thought in the day and into the night. And then he sat down quietly by himself in dark place, then one day in a shower, guess what happened? He shouted, Eureka! Eureka! I found it! And he ran out, like he said, naked. That's your version. <laughs> but he actually did run out naked. That's the, that's the whole truth. And, he's, and So that became a mark to everyone when you find something absolutely compelling something you never found before and this happened to me once there was a guy who was so sick and he was and 
I, I told this story here once. Uh, and my wife and I went to his house. And at the moment, we were praying for him. And the Holy Spirit said to me, this guy has defrauded people. So this is a legitimate curse on him. So the, the disease was like, he couldn't bend, he couldn't stand. He, 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 will, he will wear collar, just trying to straighten out his vertebral column, thinking that was the problem, but the collar did not help. They couldn't, they do, he went to the UK, they did uh, like scans, the US scans, they couldn't find anything. They traveled the world, they could, nobody could find anything, but he was just in turmoil and in pain. And the Holy Spirit said to me that moment as we were praying for him, this guy has defrauded people, and as a result, that's why he's going through what he's going through. His wife was seated, my wife was seated, and I was there. And I opened my mouth and said, Sir, it seems like this is what I'm hearing, that you've defrauded people and they have a legitimate reason to curse you. So that what is working on your body now is a curse from people who have cursed you. And, he, and his wife lifted up her voice and said, No, my husband is, a, is an honest businessman. I don't know what you're saying. And Hadiza was drawing my shit like, <laughs> what are you know? My wife was drawing my shit like, what are you doing to us? Like, we're going to be in trouble. We're in the house. Like, it is wrong. <laughs> so, that pressure moment, I just put my face straight. Because I'm not, I'm just a messenger boy, right? Like, you kill a messenger boy if you want. And then, he's, and then he lifted up his voice when his wife was saying, I said, no, honestly, he's right. I did a business with my partner and I hid a few millions and my partner may not I don't think he knew about it but you know so I suspect that's what you may be talking about and guess what the Holy Spirit said to me guess what the Holy Spirit said to me he's lying <laughs> so the Holy Spirit can read the people's mails <laughs> just said he's lying I said, the Holy Spirit, like at that moment, I just said, please, Holy Spirit, I'll try it now. Can, 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 I, can I be released? <laughs> and the guy did not get better. So we left that day. I didn't say anything. But a few weeks later, he came to me quietly early in the morning. We used to have a 5 a.m. prayer meeting. And he came to me at 5 a.m. in the morning. I said, can I have a private audience with you? And he came. He said, that thing you said in my house is true. I said, Okay. He said, I used to clean money. I said, what do you mean clean money? He said, apparently when people do 419 heats abroad, they used to direct the money to him. I later learned that he was the 419 kingpin in Lekki for cleaning money. And the curses of all the legitimate labors of people around the world who he has defrauded were cursing his body. I said to him, there's nothing God cannot do if you truly repent so that day we prayed together and he, he gave his life again to Christ. He was a believer. He goes to church. I won't call the name of his church and everything. He had a very strong church he used to go to. One of the strongest churches in, in the city of Lagos. But didn't stop him every day from taking from people what did not belong to him. And because of that, he brought a curse on himself. The day we prayed, normally what happens to him, at night they'll come and feed him. They feed him with food. And when he wakes up in the morning, his body will be messed up for the next two days. And after two days, he'll get better. And at night, they'll come and feed him. But when we started praying, what happened was that, first of all, 
he was able to stop eating for a day or two and then he woke up normally but once I praying again he now started seeing the people they will lock around the wall they'll come and meet him to say eat he will he will tell them I don't want to eat in Jesus name and they will leave the next the next time we really prayed and we broke this thing and and he did restitution and started calling the people and started saying, I'm not doing any more. He didn't even do restitution. He was just saying to the people, I've left this life, just walking away from it. You know, 419 life is actually such a horrible life. Everything you make, you will lose it. You lose it in gun violence. There are people, 419 in VGC, when I used to live there, and their, their neighbors, they would be shooting guns at night, fighting each other. It's such a nasty life. Such a, it's such a horrible life. So, Back to the story. After we prayed over him, that night as he was sleeping, they came to feed him and they came from behind his back to feed him. He grabbed the person. He had the strength in the dream to grab the person and slammed the person on the ground and said, and now I belong to Jesus, he said. I belong to Jesus now. I'm no more of the devil. I belong to Jesus. And he said that in his dream and then woke up. That day, the doctor this was in South Africa. He was having this dream. You think the dream will not follow you to, to <laughs> The doctor who was treating him now woke up in the morning and started screaming after they taking lots of samples and they were preparing him for lumbar puncture. Lumbar puncture is actually the operation where they do for you and they put a wheelchair by the side. It's either one or two. You either come out walking or you come out on the wheelchair for the rest of your life. Because they, that means they're going to go into your vertebral column, into your spine, and punch you and take out uh, some substance and then test it. And he was preparing for lumbar puncture operation. And that night, that morning, this, the consultant, this, he said the fourth, the fourth um, what do you call this pain receptacle kind of consultant? Neurosis, neuro. neuro Neurosur- was he a neurosurgeon? Something about. Sorry? I think it was a neurosurgeon. It was like, like the fourth most acclaimed neurosurgeon in the world was in South Africa. And when they saw his problem, they moved him up to like number one. He was like number 200. But those kind of doctors who are very interested in research. So moved him to number one. And for weeks, they were working on him. That day, after he did that thing in his sleep, guess what? A neurosurgeon woke up in the morning and said <laughs> oh I found it I found what is wrong with you Eureka I found it I'm so clever the doctor was actually shouting I'm so clever I'm so clever it was an Indian man I'm so clever clever <laughs> I was so excited what happens in the spirit has repercussions in the natural what happens in the spirit has repercussions in the natural. We live, our world is a trilogy. There are three realms. There's a, and I describe the three heavens as well. The heavens of men, the heavens of neutral powers, and the heavens of God. Repeat after me. The heavens of men, the heavens of neutral powers, and the heavens of God. So the Bible says our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in heavenly places. That's second heaven. 
That is where we fight. And our own physical power is not much for that level. Every day, new attacks are launched from that level to earth. Every day, human beings are being wiped out. Nations are being controlled. Every day, spirit beings run the scheme of things. But then the Bible also says that we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers. How is it that it was the day when in the spirit this man got a victory that in the natural the doctor found the cure? Do you guys understand this? That sometimes God will even use natural physicians to work his purpose. We don't know how God will work in our lives. But one thing we know, we exist in an atmosphere of divine life and power. So when we say the moment of epiphany, we're not just talking, okay, the, the lady's picture is really nice. So we're just like, oh, it's the season of magic. It's a period when nice things happen and you see tinsels in the air. And there's just such a halo around, just a nice atmosphere. No. It's actually about spiritual warfare. It's actually about breaking things in the spirit. It's actually about the moment when you reach out beyond the natural and something else is happening in your life. It's actually about touching God at the realm. It's actually about making this Christianity to reach out beyond the lie that it is for many people. It's actually about taking, it's actually about transforming. It's actually about transformation and reaching out beyond the realm of earth into the realm of the heavenless. That is what this is about because we all dream about we all dream about love, beauty, power. We all dream about riches, fame, and wellness. We all dream about miracles, raising broken people. We all dream about restoration and reconciliation. We all dream about salvation and eternity. But let's be honest. What's, what's your priority? Which one will you put as number one in all of this? Be honest. Do you understand? Do you understand? Do you understand? This is exactly the point. We all dream about these things, but they all sit in different locations in our hearts. They all sit in different locations in our heart. What makes your heart to boil? Which one of this? For some people, they forget, forget love and beauty. Some people, it's riches and fame. I just want to be popular. It's for my name. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad buying all the things I need I want to be on the cover of Forbes magazine standing next to Oprah and the Queen every time I close my eyes I see my name in shining lights Where is your priority? That's why I sang that song. My wealth is in the cross. There's nothing more I want. That moment when you find out that the most important thing in your life is not just to be earth bound. It's not just the here and now. It's the totality of all that God has put inside of you. It's about eternity. It's about why you're here. It's about the purpose of God on earth. It's about the kingdom of God 
that moment when you your eyes open. You know, we all love love. And you see people who have fallen in love and the beauty of love and the joy of love and the power of love. How many of you romanticize the marriage of Harry and Meghan? Yeah. Do you see, can you see the illusion that in the last one year, a real script played out before the whole world in terms of the illusion of power. And the same guy is so powerful. His own mother, his own grandmother, chopping him down. Do you guys see how ephemeral the things that everything that we're trying to have, somebody has it, and in the end, wants to trade it away. And it's not even because of the name of Christ. Just because of the troubles of holding on to power. They were ready to trade it. Oh, well, they were ready to eat their cake and have it until the queen said, no, either eat your cake or no cake for you. <laughs> Can you be using Sussex Royals as the name? Oh, you guys haven't heard that one, right? Right. Can I tell you guys something? It's all ephemeral. It's all ephemeral. I want to spend some time telling us about everything we want to have. That some people already have it and it doesn't satisfy. I remember sitting in a hall full of billionaires in Nigeria. And I, the title of the message that day was, It All Fades Away. That regardless of what you have, one day, the earth will pass away. And everything you have will not sustain the earth. Think about Abacha. How many years ago did he die? We haven't finished collecting back all the money in the month's store. It's estimated at $5 billion. Every time we have problem in the country, the government will find another $200 million to bring back. you know there's another place called restoration I've seen the power of restoration when God redeems people when God brings people back from the brink the biggest miracle is the miracle of the change of heart the biggest miracle I've seen recently is the miracle of the change of heart we all look for all types of miracles but the best of all is for a man who left his family to come to himself and go back home the best is for a sinner who lost their way to find themselves and go back home. We long for many things, but that's the moment of epiphany that we're really, really looking for. I, yesterday, the Holy Spirit said three things to me that is dominating the lives of people. Number one, fear. He said people are living in fear. I remember once, two years ago, three years ago, when I was supposed to preach on Sunday morning and I was driving on the streets and the streets were totally empty because it was the Ebola virus season. 
And that Sunday, the church was only half the people. And there was palpable fear in everyone because you died within days of contracting Ebola. And I said to the people, are we going to be a people of God? Are we going to be a people of fear? Of course, there's the practical things in the Bible. The Bible actually wrote it. When you, when you use the toilet, cover it. When you come out, wash your hands. It's in the Bible. Wash your hands in the Bible. It's not a new thing. <laughs> wash your hands. It's been in the Bible. Every time they find a new disease, what is the cure? Wash your hands. <laughs> I'm just surprised. It's just simply wash your hands. If you wash your hands and don't touch your nose and your face with on dirty hands, you're good. Amazing. And then stay near people who will sneeze on you. That Nigeria have to learn about personal personal space. You know, people queue on like in the in, in the airport. I always look back like somebody's nudging you with their with their box, their trolley, like they just like you stand up, sir. See this, go to the center. It's gone. So we're gonna queue now. This is how we queue in Nigeria. <laughs> how should we actually cue yeah give the person breathing space yeah something like that it's called personal space <laughs> thank you put your hands together for that <laughs> There is practical action and there is fear mongering. All around people are fear are afraid. And why are they afraid? Because they never trusted in God in the first place. And last Sunday, Pastor Fred brought a powerful message on faith. On Monday or Tuesday, we announced that we found the first victim of coronavirus. And everybody forgot the message Pastor Fred preached. And their heart caught, caught, caught first. Do you know that for every word that God sends to you, there will be a test for it? I won't put it past some people that the reason why they are not in church today is Corona. Corona beer. Let's leave it there. Now this is what, let's read this together. Now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Can you imagine God declaring his ownership over you? That you belong to him. That you are his. You're not what the devil says you are. You're not what men say you are. You're not what the world says you are. To who do you belong? Say, I am his. I can't hear you this morning. Say, I am his. You belong to him. Do not fear. Because many fears are going to come. Before Corona, there was Lassa. After Corona, there will be another one. There was HIV, AIDS, there's cancer. There's all types of fears. Devil generates fear every year. You cannot believe in running away from one thing to the other. Do not fear. 
Do not fear the next the next challenge ahead of you. Do not fear that your children will go to school. Do not fear that you don't have money. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. The Holy Spirit said to me, there is a spirit of fear going around the city. Don't enter into it. Don't enter into it. Fear is a door you open and then it begins to cascade down into every other thing. The next thing the host said to me that is filling the world is something called pain. It says, go up to Gilead, O virgin daughter of Egypt. In vain you multiply remedies. There's no healing for you. Jeremiah 46, 11. Do you know that if you live in Egypt, there will be no healing for you? Do you know that if Egypt represents that which is of the world... Egypt represents the paradigm of the world. This morning, as we're praying, the Holy Spirit said to us, what did the Holy Spirit say, Pastor Fred? you remember that not everyone will enter? That not everyone will come? Everyone is invited, but not everyone will come. Everyone is invited, but not everyone will come. Why? Why are those invited not stepping in? Why are those call of God not making the, the push that is required? Why are those who he has invited in not feeling the place where God has prepared for them? Because they live in Egypt and they're seeking, they're multiplying their solutions and their strategies of Egypt. And the Bible already said, there is no healing in Egypt. No healing for pain in Egypt. No healing for brokenness in Egypt. You know, there are two types of Christians. There are the Christians who are saying, oh, we will pray all the time. And those people continue to pray. And when they continue to pray, they do nothing. When you ask them, let's go out, they say, no, we are praying. They are the kind of Christians who always go out. And when you ask them, let's pray, they say, no, we are going out. Our job is to touch the world. But guess what God wants? A balance. Say a balance. A balance. We take time in the spirit and we touch God. We take time in the spirit and we download heavenly life. We take time in the spirit and we pray. And when we touch the power of God, we receive capacity to step out. It's not either one or the other. It's both together. We will do the job of our priesthood and and minister to God and worship at His feet and pour out grace before Him. We will do the job of the evangelist. We will go out and cause souls to journey into God. We will go out and work and redeem men. It's not either or. It's both. It's balance. And those people who are the daughters of Egypt, guess what? They try to go and fix pain in the world. Have you ever seen people who are out on the streets? What happens to them after a while? who are trying to repair other people in the street. What happens to them after a while? There's people on the streets trying to do charity work by their own power. You know, any idea? They get depressed. They get depressed. Do you know, when I was doing my counseling training in Robert Gordon University, they asked me, what is your coping mechanism? Do you know what that, that means? When you hear such stories for a long time, it gets into you. When you're on the street, I was speaking to Abimbola. Abimbola, like, he went to Aboki Estate after Aboki Estate was smashed down to pieces. He put up a video and I reposted that video. Right? Can, can you guys imagine 
what it's like to have 1,000 people outside and you can't help them. What happened to you? You understand? You have to come from somewhere else to be able to stand there and see the powerlessness and go back home and be able to sleep. That is why you need spiritual power. Don't do charity without spiritual power. It's not for the charity. It's for the God who restores. It's for you to see yourself as an agent of God restoring the hurting. It's not just about going to pick up the people. Do you know that's what church is for? Church is a place of equipping and empowerment so we can go out and heal from pain. God wants to enable us. But guess what? We don't have stay power because we're not coming long enough. This two-hour service in a, in a week, we look for all types of excuses why it's not interesting. Do you understand? We even shut down our midweek and say, let's not do any Wednesday. But these two hours, it seems like everything competes for these two hours on the day when people don't go to work. All hell will break loose. It's as if it's impossible for you to make it. Can I tell you something? There is a lie going around that people don't need the atmosphere of God's believers. There are many people who get it wrong and who are doing all types of Christian jamboree. But there is another lie going around that you don't really need church. A church is unnecessary. Can I tell you something? By yourself, you will empty out and dry out and enter into depression and get sad about the problems out there. So guess what? We need the celebration of God's people. We need to come into an atmosphere of faith. We need to come into a place where worship is on high. All our songs connect. That's why I said we shouldn't sing rubbish songs. We should look for songs with meaning. We should look for songs that are saying something. Do you understand? We should look for songs that we understand exactly what they are saying to us. And when we build those things, guess what? Faith is re-injected back into us. We are strengthened in the spirit. When we gather together to pray in a video, we are strengthened in the spirit. When we declare retreat, we are strengthened in the spirit. When we build these things and capacity in the spirit, then we can go out confident of this, that we are being with God and the glory we found from the presence of God, we can minister to the world in which we live in. And how can you talk about a God that you haven't been with? How can you share honestly about an encounter you've never had? How can you declare liberty that you've not enjoyed? How can you speak of a power that you've never tasted? How can you be confident as a preacher if you've never had your moment of epiphany? There is a day we all wake for. There is a seeking that we all are immersed in. There is a capacity we are downing on the grace of God for. And when we hold on to that capacity, we can go confidently of this because God has strengthened us to go. God has strengthened us to become. God has strengthened us to do. Say amen. So go up to Gilead for balm. There's a town called Gilead in Israel. In that place, they made the best balms. And anybody who has pain goes there. And they're not sure they are pain with a balm from the presence of Gilead. In that place, so Jesus himself will call himself the balm of Gilead. I am the healing balm. I am the one who touches everyone going through stuff. I am the one who relieves pain. Yesterday, the Lord spoke to me and said, many people are in pain of one kind or the other. They are in pain of dissatisfaction. They are in pain of inability. They are in pain, even physical pain in their body. But God says, come up to Gilead. Don't multiply your strategies. Come up to Gilead. Say to someone, come up to Gilead. 
Say it again. Come up to Gilead. Come before the presence of God in Gilead. Let the oil of God fall upon you. Lay your hands on someone. Don't be afraid. Lay your hands on someone. Say, come up to the Gilead. Let the oil of the Spirit multiply around you. Let the grace of God reach out into your heart. Let there be soothing balm for your pain. In everywhere where you hurt, let the glory of God reach out into you. The moment is coming. The grace of God is coming. The life of heaven is coming around your world. You will have strength instead of pain. You have life instead of hurt. You have healing instead of instead of brokenness by the finger of God. God is healing you. Why is He healing you? So you can be a healer. So you can go back into your world and offer respite for pain. There is too much pain in the world. People are hurting. People are broken. People are people are confused. Holy Spirit, bring your healing rain. Bring your healing rain. Because you give us those moments of epiphany. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The third thing I hear the Spirit of God say was depression. Depression. And you won't be the only one who was depressed. I actually had to go and look for a depression story. And this one was from Jeremiah. Jeremiah's depression was that God gave him a mandate that was so impossible. Nobody obeyed him. Nobody listened to him. He would preach. Nobody would hear him. God even told him, Jeremiah, don't look on their faces. You know, don't look on their faces. Yeah? Jeremiah, don't look on their faces. They are, they are a stiff-necked people. You know what stiff-necked means? Their neck doesn't talk. It just simply means that stiff-necked, like they are just so set in their ways. Jeremiah will preach, 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 preach. Nobody will hear him. Nobody will hear him. And that thing broke him. Do you know, as a pastor, one of the things that is your saddest moment is when you don't see transformation. It's when you don't see transformation. When you don't see, when you don't see life's change, all of a sudden, you start feeling bad. You, you understand? Like, why are people not changing? Why is nothing happening? Where is the miracle of God working in hearts? Why are people not journeying? Why is there no improvement? Do you understand? Our job, our entire existence is about transformation. And Jeremiah got to that place. And here is what he said. He said, Cursed be the day I was born. May the day my mother born me never be blessed. Can you imagine? He's a mighty prophet. What do you think this was? Yeah, he was he has had it. It wasn't working. He tried everything, it wasn't working. It's like Cause be the man who brought my father the news saying his son is born to you, bringing him great joy. Hey, imagine, like, think about when you're a baby, <laughs> the person who brought news to your dad, like, let that man be cursed. <laughs> so, depression is not a 2020 problem. Everyone who has strove, striven in the past and tried to achieve something, everyone who has driven with all their might and thrown themselves into it. The other this week I was telling of a man called Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor was a British missionary to China. And Hudson Taylor sold everything he had. His farm, his carriages, his his horse, his horses, he sold. He was a rich, he was in he was actually he inherited wealth. So he had so much estate, he sold all and said, I am going to serve the Lord in China. What did he say? 
I am going to serve the Lord in China. And Hudson Taylor went to China, preached every day on the street corners, on the byways. Guess how many people gave their lives to Christ? None. Guess how long? Eight years. After eight years, he tired. He tired. He got tired. He lost his, I think it was his wife he lost. He lost his wife. His wife died. He was so broken, he went back to England. I think he became drunk or something like that. He became a drunken guy. One day, somebody met him in the bar. Hot sin, hot sin. What are you doing here? The missionary field is in China. A random guy met him. What are you doing here? His heart caught him. He stood up and tried again. But by the time he went back, he had lost everything. He was no more the rich guy who could buy halls and stuff like that and invite people. He was not an ordinary guy. So what did he have to do? He went as a missionary. He had to learn Mandarin. I think he wrote the first Bible in Mandarin, I think. Then he sat with the local people and ate their food. By the time he died, guess how many people gave their lives to Christ? Guess how many? I heard over a hundred million people give their lives to Christ because of Hudson Taylor. But it didn't start just like that. So they were losing everything. He lost it all. Do you know the depression that you have today is not the end of you? There's a new gospel going around that the gospel and the power of God is not enough for depression. You, know, you may be depressed, but don't stay there. Do you understand? You may have all those things, but don't stay there. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. Say that to someone. Don't stay there. I speak the power of journeying into your heart. And even all times of discouragement may come into you. That you will not stay long in the place of brokenness. That you will not stay long there. By the power of God, you will journey past that place where you are. In the name of Jesus Christ. You will journey past depression in the name of Jesus Christ. You will journey past darkness in the name of Jesus Christ. You will journey past futility in the name of Jesus Christ. Go forward in the strength of God. Go forward and let the life of God be born in you. And even though you have dark times, yet you rise above these times and do something new with your life. Amen. These things test your faith. Why does it test our faith? Because we are fragile. Look at it. It says, but we ourselves are like fragile clays containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are all fragile. That's why. Do you know that God knows that you are fragile? Do you know that God knows that you are, you are tender? Do you know that God knows? Even though us, us men, you know, us men, we like, we have this uh, uh, macho thing that we do. Do you understand? We are very strong. Until our wife say one sentence. Then we'll go back and philosophize about the sentence. But by ourselves, we'll be broken by ourselves when we are all by ourselves. When we come out of the world, we're strong. We're strong. We're buffed up like we are. Like, what, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? You, you understand? The inside of us, we hurt the same. This treasure 
is in earthen vessels. We're tender, we're clay. We're clay, we hurt. This treasure is in earthen vessels. So that when the power comes, we will know that the power is not of us, it's of God. Say amen. So until the Spirit comes, what will happen will be everything we're trying to build will be just swept away. Until the Spirit comes, our lives will just be like a wasting plague. Until the Spirit comes, everything we're trying to build will just be like a city in ruins. Until the Spirit comes, until we meet this moment of epiphany, brokenness will hang around our world. Darkness will be normal and real to us. Until the Spirit comes, we'll be fighting against the wind. Until the Spirit comes, we will, we will hang around ourselves and, and nudge ourselves and nudge ourselves into pity parties. Until the Spirit comes, depression will remain and pain will stay. But there is a coming day where the Bible says this. It says, until, let's read this together, one, two, go. Oh, no, you guys are not reading with the right spirit. Please lift up your voice, one, two, go. Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high. And the wilderness becomes a fruitful field. And the fruitful field is counted as a forest. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness. And righteousness remain in the fruitful field. There is a coming moment. There is a coming day. There is a coming hour. When the Spirit will be poured into you. There is a coming a, a moment of epiphany. There is a, in, oh my God, I'm so excited. I can see it in the spirit that some people will click in the spirit. That some people will jump in in the spirit. That some people will enter into what God has planned about them from the foundation of the world. That some people will press in. That some people will enter into what God has given to them. But how does it happen when the spirit is poured down into your life? When you can download heaven into yourself. When the glory of God can be seen by you. Can I tell you guys something? You just need to see only one. You just need to see how many? Only one. You need to see one blind eye open because you prayed. You just need to see it once. You go mad from then on. You just need to see it once. You just need to see it once. You just need to see a deaf ear. Proving deaf ear here because you prayed over them. You just need to see it only once. You just need to see the miraculous only once. You just need to taste the power of God only once. Just one time is enough. You'll go crazy for God. Because you are not the healer. The treasure is in eating vessels. You don't stop praying over people. You don't stop waiting on God. Guess what? The world is waiting for you to set yourself on fire. When you set yourself on fire, people will come and watch you burn. But you can never set yourself on fire if you don't know that this thing you are doing is the real McCoy. Do you know some of us? We don't have faith. We say we are Christians, but we are liars. We say we love God, but it's not real. It's not true. You're not real. You're not real. Until the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Until the Spirit is poured upon you in a different measure. 
until something inside of you gives until the world breaks until the moment of magic happens inside of you until the walls fall down until the glory of god is seen until the spirit takes over your life until the outpour of god until the uproar of the spirit blows up on your inside then you will go crazy in this world then you will know for sure that these words are not just men's words and the bible is not just a book the church is not just a house. And the church is a living organism. It's a movement of God's people. It's a transformation agent in the earth. The church is a place, the pillar and ground of truth. The church is the power of God on the earth. The church is the place to change man's heart and to upturn the plan of hell. And the church is a center for kingdom activity. That will from here will generate things that will hurt the kingdom of darkness. And from among us, the glory of God will be seen. That sons and daughters will rise up in righteousness. That men and women will not stay the same anymore. When does that happen? The moment of epiphany. That moment when your eyes see it for the first time. That God is real. That divine life is sweet. And the power of the Holy Ghost can change a man. And the glory of God can work. You just need to see it. You just need to see it. Until the spirit is poured down from on high. It will all be an effort in futility. Let the Holy Spirit rise up upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. Permit the Holy Spirit. Some of us need to go one mile deeper. You've been so shallow for so long. You've been dwelling in, in narrow waters for so long. God is calling you deeper. When that moment comes, you will know that Jesus loves you. He wants you. You are his. You belong to him. You know that you gave your life to Christ and your salvation is real. Yeah, you will know that you, you remember when you first spoke in tongues for the first time and how it made you feel. You remember when God comes, you begin to be more confident in giving people prophetic words. Prophetic words. But it happens only after the moment of epiphany. Until then, you'll be tentative. Until then, you'll be always holding back. Until then, you'll be seeing how much you can cut. And God will not be angry with you. Do you know, that Christianity is over. The days of casual touching God and casual engagement with the faith is over. Today, that is now called disobedience. Casual obedience is now disobedience. Partial obedience is no more enough. God is calling us deeper. This week, I want to start a new prayer meeting. And I want to put a sign up for this prayer meeting. It's going to be at 6 a.m. on Tuesdays in the morning. 6 to 7, just an hour. In the morning drive to work. I just want us to just pray. And it's not online. It's actually in person. We communicate the address 6 to 7 a.m. every Tuesday. I want to start. If you want to start Please come forward and sign up at the desk. Come forward. Come and be counted. Change the atmosphere around your world. This God, if it's real, let him come real in your life. Let the glory of God be seen. Begin to do something more. Begin to push for something extra. Begin to reach out beyond the place where you're currently standing. All you have has only brought you thus far. If you want to go further, you have to do what you haven't done before. Everything you've done has only brought you thus far. If you want to go further in God, you have to do something more. Amen. In the end, let's read this together. 
But thanks be to God who always leads us triumphantly as captive in Christ. And through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. The only who can spread the perfume. We read this in School of Prayer the other day. And I took somebody's perfume and spread it into the room. And I said, when we all call upon God, something happens. The room is full of holy perfume. The atmosphere is full of God until the Spirit is poured out from, from on high, until we we'll come in. I want you to close your eyes this morning and ask God, God, what kind of Christians have I been? God, what kind of Christian have I been? God said, are you going to come with me or are you going to go with the wind? Are you going to join in with me? Are you going to step into spiritual life? Are you going to stop short? God says, some of you lack stay power. I am transforming you halfway and you remove yourself from the fire. I'm transforming you and halfway you draw yourself back. God says, can you stay? Stay until I'm done. Stay with me until I'm done with you. Stay until I finish removing the debris. My spirit will not always fight with your spirit. I only come to those who are willing. Are you willing this morning? The Holy Spirit said, I shall ask you if you are willing to go on a journey with him. Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? This is the hour of the Spirit. I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours forever. My life is yours. Is yours. Is yours. Sing it again. My life is yours. It's yours. It's yours forever. I hear the Holy Spirit says, Come, let me take you on a journey. Come, let me take you on an odyssey. Come, let me take you to places you've never been. Come, let me take you to moments you've never seen in your life. 
Come, let me give you new moments, new moments that you've never seen before. Says the Spirit of God, let's pray together. Father, we ask, oh God, that you pour your grace upon us. Stop. Guys, can we pray? I'm not praying for you. Take a position. Take a position. Take a position that you pray in. Take a position. If you want to kneel, kneel. If you want to fall on your face, fall on your face. It's not a casual invitation. God is saying, make it real. Make it real. Make your faith real. If you want to lie down, it's fine. That's why we have carpets on the floor. Don't be so proper that you miss out a moment in God. Do in me. What do you want to do in me? Pray that prayer for real. Like, God, open my heart up. Lord, do something beyond what I know currently. Take me beyond here. Let's pray together. Your voice. Your own voice. Your own voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice, people of God. Lift up your voice. Don't pray this in your heart. Declare it. Say, Lord, I'm submitting myself to you. Lord, I'm beginning again with you. Lord, I'm starting again. Lord, there's no more running away. Lord, finish with me. Finish your work in me. Give me the moment. That Holy Spirit outpouring, I want to see it. That moment of epiphany, I want to see it. That level of grace in you, I want to see it. That much more that you're talking about, I want to see it. I want to have it, oh God. I want to have your power. Let's pray together. Declare your glory, O oh God. 
We declare your mighty power. Work in us your mighty works, O God. Work in us your mighty power. How we yield ourselves to you. How we open our hearts to your spirit. Hallelujah. I, I just saw in the spirit like there were many people in a queue, in a queue, like there are hundreds of people in a queue. They were like in a queue. And they're all in a queue of what they wanted God to do for them. They're all in the queue of what they wanted God to do for them. I saw a lot of needs. A lot of needs. And I saw another place where there was no, nobody on the queue. And that queue was actually God's projects. God's plans. There's literally like maybe one or two people only when there are hundreds of people on the other queue. God's plans and God's projects. And the people who were taking on God's projects were as if they were dying. As if they were committing suicide. But God was smiling because he knew that inside his project was life for those people. Some of those people who were coming to queue for his hand and for his things he would give to them. But the people who took on God's projects, they were assured that their lives will meet a purpose. It was just a flash in my mind. I just saw it. Two queues. One very long. Very long, full of people with all types of needs. They had their needs on placards. Some said, I just want to marry. I just want a life. I just want money. That, and then there's another, another, another queue. Just only two people. It was title of it was God's Projects. And those people had no placard in their hands. They had no needs that they wanted God to meet. Not because they were not needy, but they were all about what God wanted. Those two people were waiting for God to give them. And I could see the Father's heart smiling at those two. I could see the Father's heart smiling at those two who chose God's projects to work on. God is asking us to jettison everything we think is important and to come to the place where we walk for him. You already know that God's needs is not just people sitting in a church. God's needs is to fill the earth with his glory as the waters cover the sea. God's need is the broken of the earth. God's need is that his holy ecclesia will take on his problems in the city and fix them. God's needs, God's needs are valid. Who are the people who will enlist and say, Lord, not my will, but your will. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 